and welcome, welcome to another Art Meets Beast. And I still have a hard time pronouncing that. It's unbelievable. I'm Shahar Boye. I'm going to be with you today talking a little bit more on how to make an art business move forward in this moment of crisis, okay? But before we go, um, let me tell you one thing. I am coughing a little bit. Do not worry about that. It's just that I had a small asthma attack right after dinner and I'm still recovering from that. So no big deal. That happens quite often, unfortunately. So how was your day? You know, I have, I, we, uh, we know we have a lot of people here watching and I'm really happy with that. Many countries I can see here, Argentina, Canada, uh, UK, Australia, uh, Jamaica, and there's more. I just pass over here. But so thank you very much for being here with me. I hope you had a wonderful day today. What, a, what, what kinds of things did you do? Let me know. You know, we are live here because we really want the interaction with you, right? Of course, I could record this. It could be a lot easier on my side. It could be any time of the day that I wanted, but that's not what I'm aiming. I'm aiming really to brainstorm with you during this week. So we together can figure new ways of moving ahead. So uh, you have whatever you're watching. You may be watching on Curious Mondo, on, on Facebook, on YouTube. There is a chat box or a comment box there. Use that to, uh, to communicate with me. Nashla will send it to me here and I'll be able to, to chat with you. I, I actually had a very good day today. It was a very busy day. We started the day doing a course on how to create different types of protective masks with Carolee Chan. Uh, it was really unbelievable. We broke a record, uh, an audience record. We really had tens of thousands of people watching the whole time, uh, which only shows how many people want to make a difference during this crisis, how many people really want to help with, with the skills that they have. So that was wonderful. Uh, of course, this course is still available and free to anybody that wants it. Uh, it, it is on, on YouTube, it is on Facebook, on the Curious Mondo pages, or you can go to CuriousMondo.com, Click on upcoming courses, it's still there. And you can also download the patterns and the resources that Caroline has prepared for you. It was really cool. We learned, I think, three or four types of masks where you don't need to know how to sew at all. And I actually won with t-shirts that I thought was phenomenal for, especially for kids and for men, because, you know, it's just a cool, easy design. Uh, we learned uh, two, two uh, different types of masks that you can sew and insert filters. We talked about that too. And then one that is even hand sewn. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you're familiar with a sewing machine or not. You can learn and you can also make a difference. Sometimes you're making a difference to your family because you provide the mask to them, to your neighbors. Uh, so, you know, if you have some time, watch later because it is worth it. It's open and it will be open to everybody. So that's how we started today with a lot of people uh, around us in the sense of being all around the world, uh, uh, you know, trying to help during this this massive pandemic so that was very good and and then the day moved on and we ended up having a nice surprise a very nice surprise because you know we've been we've been working and i have i 
I try not to complain about anything sometimes, you know, depending on the day. But, you know, we, we deal with, with whatever comes our way and we, we try to move forward as much as possible. But of course we have, we have a business, so we have tons of bills to pay and people to pay. And we, we actually pay rent in several properties that, uh, that are necessary to us. And that was very cool because one of our landlords at the end of the day, he, he called and said, I want to talk to you and your daughter privately over the phone, of course, but privately and said, yeah. So we waited until everybody, everybody, the two people that were working there went home and we called him and I was, I was really like, what is coming uh, on, right? Because you can always, you, 50% can be good news, 50% uh, could be bad news. And so we call him and, you know, out of, out of nothing, because we never asked for anything, he said, you know, for the next so many months, uh, pay me half of the rent and I'll be happy with that. That covers my bills. And I said, you know, I, I don't want to put uh, any strain on, on your shoulders, uh, but, if you, but if you're okay with that, I will accept because that means I can keep my people longer and we can move ahead. And that was such a nice surprise, right? I, I didn't ask. I didn't complain about anything related to money. And he just called us and said that. I said, wow. And so this proves that you know we 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 tend tend to to look a lot into the bad news of everything, uh, but there's a lot of very good people out there, and they understand that we are in, in all of this together. So of course I'm very grateful that that happened. That was a very cool surprise, right? And it, it was fantastic. So I had a very good day, and I hope you had too. So let me see here if I have some Kelly Beckett is here. Hi Kelly, I actually just wrote you, Judy. Hello from Ontario. Canada. We made it. Best hour of my day. Thank you so much. Uh, Linda, I really appreciate the information, Shahar, and you guys are fantastic and generous. Thank you very much, Cheryl. So, Dan, I, first, before, uh, uh, let me tell you what we did so far and what we plan to do today. So on day one, this is a week long, if it's your first time, this is a, a, a week long special event that is also going to stay open so you can watch any of them anytime you want. Look for Curious Mondo on YouTube, on Facebook, and on the Curious Mondo site, you will find these. Don't forget to subscribe and, and give a like because it always helps. So day one, we talked about predicting the, the, the future, what's going to happen, and we talked a lot, a lot about consumer behavior. Day one, we talked about live streaming and more about behavior. Uh, yesterday, we, we focused on positioning. So what I have planned for today uh, is... Uh, <coughs> A little, I have, it's different than what's written here, being top of mind. We are going to talk about online what we can do as artists and the artist's statement that we have been postponing that, right? Because we run out of time. So that's my plan for today. But first I want to, to talk to you a, a little bit about the, the subject of business because being creatives, uh, I know how hard it is to focus on topics like business. I know it's not the fun part of what you do, right? The fun part is when you get your, your fiber, your sculpting, your bead going. Uh, that's when you really are at your best, right? And the, the, the business part and the marketing part is kind of, oh, yeah, I don't want to go there, right? It's complicated. But we also need to have our feet uh, on earth, right? Feet, feet on, the, on the floor. Because we need to understand how this is going and again, where it's going to go. So, I, what I really see is that I'm fighting two different wars at the same time, right? I'm fighting the war with the virus. Uh, 
and I need to take actions related to that, keeping my family safe, keep, keep myself safe, uh, telling as much as possible, uh, as possible others to keep safe. And if I can impact like with masks or something, let's do that, right? So I, I cannot solve the crisis, but I can be part of the solution there. This is one war. Then the second war is the business one. I already have a business. I understand many of you uh, don't have at this point, but think about this. This is kind of an ugly war. We right now, in the US, I know many of you are outside the US, but in the US alone, we are up to 17 million people that are unemployed. Just here in Utah, where I live, which is a very small state, we have 3 million people uh, uh, here, uh, we already have 30%, uh, 30,000 people that are unemployed right now. And these are just the people that have filed for unemployment. There's a ton more that for many different reasons cannot go through and cannot get their, uh, their help there. So uh, this alone, it's something that we have to understand that for us to succeed in business, other people need to have money and be able to spend that money with several things. Not only the basics, right? But the, the roof over the head and the food and schooling for kids and, and things like that. So there is that thing. Uh, and then there's the other side of all the businesses, so most businesses being closed right now. So most businesses have been closed here in Utah for two weeks or so, in some other places more. Well, the main problem with this is that we we are we know here in Utah at least May 1st they're all, all, all going to be closed. It may be longer, but we don't have a date. Another unanswered question that our brain has to deal with, right? We are not sure of when this stops. And that's very unsettling because even if you have some savings, you have some things like that, you is still, uh, that, that, that is limited, right? That ends at some point. Why am I telling you this? It's not to paint a black picture out there and make you depressed. I don't want to do that. You, you know that. I try very hard to push spirits up. But I want to, you to be aware that this is going to cause many ripple effects. For you to have an idea, uh, it's predicted that if it stays two more weeks, which we know it's going to stay, maybe 50% of the restaurants will not be able to open again. That's, that's quite high. But there are all the other businesses out there also struggling at the moment, right? And of course, the government is putting resources out there and, and maybe everything will be all right. But the recovery from this war is not so easy as, okay, we now can go out, we are all healthy and, and let's move on. It's not going to be like that. What, what, why is it important for you? because you are the only one that knows how long you can go given the situation. So I'm going to assume that some of you were full-time artists and now you, you've seen things drain very fast and, and to many of you unexpectedly. Uh, you cannot take too long to take action because if you wait for things to be really, really, really difficult, it's really, really, really difficult to, to keep moving forward with a business and the things that you have to do, the effort, uh, and even the emotional toll of being, of, of dealing with something you're not very comfortable with, because of course that's not your best place or best place is creating. I get that. So, but the sooner you embrace the idea that if you take a few steps, and sometimes it is a website, uh, depending where, or, or where you are, uh, you put it out there. 
that can be a lot easier in the in moving ahead. Now, I told you already that people will spend a lot when they when they go out, especially in retail. So if you have a retail that is closed, they're going to go. If you have a salon, <laughs> it's going to be flooded. I'm already freaking out what I'm going to do with my hair sculpture here in a few weeks. So they, we are going to go back and spend money. But you, as a, a business owner, you need to be thinking, when do I need to act? And never wait until the last minute, okay? Because then it gets really, really difficult. Really, really difficult. So take action as soon as possible. It can be a, a minor thing, uh, like ma making a free website or start collecting e emails. They, they can be very valuable, right? And move from there. Yesterday, I told you about a story of a, an owner of a restaurant that is my friend. Well, I have another one that he owns a restaurant with his family and really for years i've been telling him that he was not taking care of his marketing right and you know when when people don't like something they always find an excuse not to do it and that's that's human nature but i tried and i try and i have another a very good friend of mine that is a business consultant and we we go there almost or we used to go there almost every saturday to eat and he's the same thing he was always telling the owner you you gotta pay attention to this you got to know who your clients are and start getting their information and everything else and nope well now this happens and they are totally desperate right because even though they can create new things they can create new dishes for takeout they can start doing deliveries and stuff like that they cannot con communicate to anybody because there is no list the, their presence on social media uh, is not that good right so then it's kind of too late how do you get out of this situation you you don't have an audience you don't have people to talk to and that's a huge problem. Even if you only had the social media, which is, I know most of you, that's what you have, you would still have some audience to talk to. But if you never took care of anything like that, because you'd feel, you feel bad about business, that can be quite complicated. So do not wait too long to, to take action, okay? Because uh, then it, it could be too late. You could be too late. And also don't be afraid of taking action right now. I know that in some business you might be thinking, if I do this and people are going through uh, this time and they might not see it the right way. Let me tell you one thing. Don't judge your audience. Never judge your audience. So don't think, <clears throat> don't think they don't have money, so they're not going to buy, or nobody is spending money buying to the the stuff that you hear outside. Let them judge if they want to buy from you or not. Let them make the decision. They 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 are capable beings of doing that. So don't don't start uh, uh, you know justifying things because not the right moment, or or they are going to think this, or they are not going to spend. It's superfluous. They're not going to spend money on this. It's not up to you to do that. You put it out there. You do your share of the work. They will decide. I, I hate really when I was doing uh, consulting, especially for solopreneurs, that they would come and say, people don't want to pay for this kind of stuff. Or people don't have money. They don't have money. How do you know? How do you know? And even if they didn't, they could, they could know a lot of people that did. So you're judging everything about the person. If they have or, no, or don't have money, if they know people that would be buyers or not for you. I mean, you're making the whole decision for them when I don't think you have the right to. Let them decide if they want to buy from you or not. Okay, getting out of the soapbox. And let's see here what we have. 
Sherry saying hi. Diana Shahar, so happy we're doing this. Got my notebook. <laughs> LOL. And Betty Eagles, I, you are so wise. I don't know if I'm, I'm wise, but I have an opinion about stuff. <laughs> okay, let's start talking about then uh, the online market and what we can do. Okay, and I do want you to, to give your ideas out there. I don't have, actually I've been uh, thinking about this. Uh, but I don't have major ideas. So what I can tell you that I can't see, of course, we already talked about online courses. And for many people, that's a good route to go because if they have developed a process or something that makes something beautiful, that can be sold. So online courses could be an, uh, an opportunity for you. Like I told you, it's going to get crowded, but if you start fast, you may take a good piece of the pie. But what else can you do as an artist? So in another broadcast that we did, we talked about, oh yes, I did a broadcast with Robert Imbriali, which is also a business consultant in California. And we were talking about you having your own gallery. Because galleries, they have this high perception, right? I mean, as, as an artist, you want a gallery to call you and say, put your pieces here, right? It's, it's like graduating from one level to the other. It's very cool. And of course, we all like that. But unfortunately, they, most of them are closed at, uh, right now. I know some are doing online efforts. I, I know Beverly and, and her gallery owner friend the other day did something I didn't get to watch, but I know it's a smart idea. But you can have your own gallery, right? Not only if you want with your pieces, but even with pieces of friends that you have in the same realm of what you make. But how do you have a gallery? Well, the website is, is really the best place for that, but you create an event. So how do galleries work? I have been to a few here and I had my pieces in a few here. But when I was a child, my father had a gallery. My father was a fine art, uh, fine art artist. He used to paint. And he also had a TV show about art. And so he had this gallery in, in, in a fancy place uh, down in Sao Paulo. And I remember that I was about 12 or 13 years old and uh, color TV was a new thing there. We got color TV a little later than, than the US did, a few years later. And it was amazing to have a color TV, but we didn't have one. We didn't have one because at that point they were extremely expensive and they would be a huge piece of furniture, right? My uh, The one we got later was actually a huge box that had doors and everything and you would open the TV would be inside. So it was quite an investment, it was not cheap. And I remember that my father uh, was going to have a show in his gallery and this time was only his paintings. Okay, because every every month or so we would have a different show with different artists. And he gathered uh, my mother, my brother, and my sister and I, and he said, here's the deal. If I sell this many uh, paintings tonight, that is the opening of the show, we will get a color TV. Man, for me, that was like, we're going to get a color TV. I want that. Imagine watching Dave Jones at the Monkees in color. You know, I was so crazy about that show that I had a, a Super 8 machine and I would record. I didn't know 
about copyright infringement by them. I would copy, I would copy all the, the videos, even though the Super 8 machine didn't have sound. It was just the pleasure of looking at those beautiful faces, right? And all the other shows that I loved. So we went to the gallery. So I, like I told you, I was a teenager at that point. And I remember that I got the uh, page with those stickers, the, the little round things that you put on the painting when it's sold. And I spent the night selling that, those paintings. I, I mean, nobody would stop me because I wanted the, the TV so bad. So in, in Brazil, we call those, those openings vernissage. That's how they are called, it's a French word. And we made it, we did it. We, together, we sold as many as we needed and a few, I don't know how many days later, but we got the TV. So what I mean to say is that the opening night of a gallery is kind of a very important deal. You have more chances of selling. It's just the, the nature of things, right? Because you gather more people, the whole energy, the whole, everything is different. There is a ritual involved on how you show the paintings and you don't talk about the price. The price is there on the wall. And then you take the, per I don't know if here is exactly the same, but you take the person to whoever they are going to give the money to. So there, there are rituals in the process as well, but there is the whole energy, people drinking, people laughing. It, it's really the day that you sell the most, right? And then the other days you're going to be making sales and if you do the marketing right, you, you keep selling, but it, there is always a decrease. Uh, it's not different, for example, in a Curious Mondo, when we are live and we, we have the energy, we have the people, there are more sales. Then it goes on demand, it decreases a little bit because you lose that amazing energy. Well, you can do the same thing online because you can put the, the, the pieces that you have uh, on your website as a gallery and there are plugins for those things then that are free. Uh, but you, you create the event, you create the vernissage, you create the opening night and you invite people and you can be on, on Facebook with a chat discussing the paintings. You can be showing on video this painting or whatever is what you make, why you did it, telling the story, talking about the colors, how it makes you feel. And then you move to another and you create that special moment. And in a moment like now, the many people are really bored. That can also be a very great time where they engage with you, right? So you create a momentum and then you wait a few weeks and you create another one. You're not going to be doing this every single day. You need that buffer space. Okay, not to burn yourself. Like I said on yesterday, you have to, to be careful not to put yourself too much out there either. And then you, you, you sell. Okay, because you create the whole momentum for the things. You, we need to create momentum uh, for f when we need a bunch of sales happening at the same time. It's different than a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody. And of course, today with technology, if you see somebody that is really interested and for whatever reason they cannot do that, uh, right at that moment, and there are many reasons besides lack of money for people not to buy, uh, you can say, would you like to chat tomorrow about this in a, in a private setting? Because sometimes that's what people want, uh, dedicated time with themselves. And then you can go on Zoom or Skype or any other software and, you know, have that private moment with that person and close the sale. So that's one possibility. Do we have any comments about that? Let me see. Um, Cass, uh, yes, my store has been closed for six weeks now. Ouch, exactly. I mean, how, how long? And the fact that we don't have an end date 
it, it's quite unsettling, right? Because then how do you make plans if you don't know where you're going to have to put the plan in action? It gets complicated. So we, we are all in the same situation. Uh, so we need to be thinking, okay, do I need to reinvent myself? What else can I do even though the doors are closed? Because you might have other ways like online, for example, right now. And you say, oh, I never sell anything online. Well, but now you can take different actions that you normally do because many times we don't sell a lot on, on, on online just because we don't devote the time necessary for that. We are busy with the store, with clients in person, we have accounting to do and all the other stuff. We just leave that aside a little bit. But if you pay attention to that, it sells. Uh, Judy is saying, uh, my shows have been canceled as well. Yes, uh, they are, they are all canceled. Kelly, I'm guilty about that. I've held on to new art dolls because I feel this isn't a good time to either offer the, offer them or for others to purchase them. Thank you for opening this dialogue. And I get it. It's a difficult conversation, right? Because it's very easy if you want to see the negative side of, that you say, yes, but you are going to be trying to make money when everybody is suffering. Well, what we are dealing with is a very health, is, is a health issue, but it, I can offer things for people as long as it doesn't put them in any danger. I'm not scamming them. I'm not tricking them on anything. And they will make the decision if they want it or not. And you cannot uh, think that everybody is exactly on the same frame rate right now. There are people spending money they don't have online uh, because they anxious. Uh, they are anxious, right? And I don't. I don't think that's good. But it happens, right? So you you you're not doing anything wrong you put out there and they make the decision and I really Kelly and everybody else I really think we shouldn't judge people I, 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 I try to do that in life right so I really don't care in front of me who I see in gender in color in, in, in race I don't care I want to see is there a beautiful spirit inside the body yes or no right and I don't make decisions for them I make decisions in my business environment, places that I need to control. But other than that, it's up to you. You can love me, you can hate me, you can go away, you can buy from me, but it's up to you. And I think we need to be open for that. Uh, it, it is a little different than what we lived in the in the recession. Remember in the recession, which put some people really in an awkward position because people were suffering with the money part. This is different. But they were suffering with that. Everybody was holding to whatever they had. So if you have a very fancy car, like a, a Hummer, the Hummer was a, a, a very good example for this. People would look at you like, what? You're, you're, you're driving that gas guzzler and I'm suffering here. And it caused this societal imbalance. It was imbalanced before, but uh, imbalance that you shouldn't show that you had something, right? So we all felt awkward. We are living a different situation than that. Okay, we are living a, a situation where we, we have a, a disaster happening and we have to deal and protect uh, ourselves from that. It's, it's just different than it was then, right? So, and there's nothing wrong if you're trying to make money to pay your bills. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not forcing people to buy from you. If they buy if they want. Um, let me let me see. Bree, Bree. Okay, let me let me go back to where I was so I don't miss anybody. Okay. 
Kelly, okay. Laura, Dave Jones was worth the offer. Oh my gosh. Don't tell me about it. I love him. Uh, Diana, Shahar, money attracts money. So if selling people uh, are interested even more, I think that there's something missing. But yes, as your mindset attracts the same uh, energy mindset, right? So if, uh, if I leave, uh, and we have to find balance. For example, I'm all for uh, going to a thrift store. Uh, you don't see me with new, you're never going to find me in a clothes store. It's very rare. I, I spend my money really with stuff I like to make. So no big car. I don't spend much money in, 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 in jewelry. I don't care about diamonds and things like that. But I care about my, my crafts, right? I spend money there. Now, I totally lost what I was going to say. <laughs> Uh, it's, 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 let me read it, I track some money. Yeah, but I do believe that we have to find balance in everything. So yes, I go to thrift store. Yes, I, I buy used stuff. I don't have any problems with that. But you're not going to hear me say, I don't like to spend money with anything. Or I, I never pay full price for anything. First, because that's not true. But other before, because I'm, I'm training myself and everybody around me not to spend money. Right. And that that is not healthy either. Uh, there's got to be exchange of value and energy the whole time because that's what creates balance. Why is the government putting so much money in, into unemployment and businesses and everything else? Because that balance needs to keep going. So if I tell my brain all the time, I don't spend money on, on new things. I don't I never buy anything full price. Uh, I, I, I foster that very thrifty mentality that becomes a positive mentality. I I always start whatever I look at from the, the perspective of there is lack of. And I, I choose not to live in a world like that. In my world, there is abundance, abundance of everything. So because so and that's that's even when I, I'm in a very bad day, I try not to go to the positive mindset because that's not a good place to to start living. Abundance. There is enough of everything. Okay. And we, and sometimes we see a lack of something and we can get our sewing machines and start making. So start with that mindset because it's very tricky. So you can be thrifty in the sense of you don't spend money or throw things in the environment that you don't have to, but that doesn't mean that your mindset is only about that. Got it? It, it gets woo very fast, but you know, we, we need to pay attention to the energy we put out there as well. Uh, P Diana, people love talking to the artists because we're crazy people, right? We come with stuff that they never think could think of. And then when we want to dress to go to, to a show or something, nobody can beat us, right? There is shiny stuff and color stuff everywhere. Yes, we, we, we use our brain to create new ideas all the time. And many times we translate that into, into talk and, and even touch and stuff like that. So it's fun. I, I think I, I really like the fact that I spend most of my day with artists. Uh, Cheryl, I just need someone to kick my behind to get it done. Cheryl, get, get it done. You have to start. There's no other way. Jenny, it's always a choice whether to make product or do marketing. I am a maker. Get it. I, I get you. But you do, you have, how, how many hours do you spend working? Eight hours? Let's say that is true. It's usually more. Get two hours to do the marketing and business piece. You will have to have, you need to find time. I mean, this is the kind of thing that 
it's the same as if you don't shower, you're going to start being very stinky, right? You gotta do it. So fight, I know you don't like it. And I know that most artists don't like it either, but it's necessary because then you can generate income even if you don't need it. Okay, we, 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 we need to think that we have people beside us that are going through a hard time and we can help because if you understand how to do it, you can also teach others how to do it. Or with the extra income that, I have a lot of friends that are artists and they say that whatever they, they never want to sell their piece because first they, they think it's a sin. And if they do, then it becomes play money. You know, these are usually very wealthy people, but with the positive mindset. Why? Because first of all, it's okay if you have a lot. You can use that money to benefit others. You don't only need to give, you can create things that benefit others. Second, uh, why play money? Why is money bad? Right? Being greedy is bad, but the money in itself, you can accomplish things. We couldn't have a platform that can teach for free while we are alive if there was no money involved. It would be impossible, so it wouldn't exist. Don't you think that we impact some lives out there? We do. It's necessary. So why do we do, why do, we do this with money? And say, I don't like to sell. I, I, this is play money. Why? Can, can you imagine? It, it, it's power in your hands in the sense that you can create things that will impact others, even if you don't need for yourself, right? And the fact that you know how to make money, it's on you, and I and now I'll get my sword here and put on your shoulder, okay? It's up to you to empower other people. So if you know how to make money, teach others how to make money. The same way you should do with the art, because you never know where that is going to take them. Because again, you shouldn't be judging. A person might be in dire, um, a moment like desperation right now. They don't know how they are going to eat. And you teach them something, you give them sometimes a resource. It doesn't have to be money, or you make something possible to them. And their life just changes. You cannot judge because of the state the person is right now. You don't know what's behind and you don't know what's in the future. So you're making judgment of a whole person for a glimpse. That's not right. So let's change how we see money. It's not because we want to buy shiny things and show the others, oh, how rich I am, look at me. That's not why. That's not why, but that can empower you to, to teach other people, to do other things. In Brazil, I used to belong to an organiz entrepreneur organization. It's, it's huge. And they would hire me to speak in different parts of the country on sales. And they had this program that is just unbelievable. They would go to different places, different villages, poor places, and we have a lot of those in Brazil. And they would go there and look at the community first, and then look at the resources around it right? And then use whatever was around that community to create the product that that commu community could sell. Some of you like breathe, you, you've heard me talk about that before. So for example, you would go to a place near the sea and a community of fishermen and you would go gather the women and teach them how to get the, the fish nets that get ripped, 
how to wash them, recycle them, turn them into yarn balls, and create trolls for the, the couches, for example. They could dye those, they could make a lot of stuff. So you would teach, usually you would teach the women because they tend to be uh, steadier in the process of business, believe it or not. It took us decades, right, to be in charge of businesses, but they tend to be like that. Uh, in Brazil, even when you buy a house uh, from the, the government, it goes under the name of the woman because they know the woman will not wake up one day and say bye-bye, baby. So it's just how it is. So they, they usually teach the women. And they would start, they would teach them also how to import, how to get the money and everything else. So they, France was a huge country to buy from, from these places. Uh, there was another place where they, they had oranges everywhere. So they would get the orange, take the fruit out, and with the, the outside of the orange, they would clean, they would do whatever was the process to make it last, and create jewelry boxes out of two parts of the orange. And there, there were tons and tons and tons of examples. I mean, you empower a whole village to change their reality if you can teach them something. But you teach them how to make the jewelry box, you also need them to, well, so okay, I have a beautiful jewelry box, now what? I cannot sell around here. Nobody here really has any money to buy this. I may sell a couple, but then what? And you say, no, there are other possibilities. You have other places where people really value handmade. Let's go and, and you teach them how to do the, the import part, the export part and all, all kinds of things like that. It's possible with anything. Like I said, even dirt, we can make stuff to, that sells. Uh, I have been spending the time making product because everything we sell is handmade. Exactly. Uh, some people have the money and would love to have the distraction of shopping online. It is, it is, and it, the longer this lasts, the more we are going to do that because we get bored and we want stuff and we go after them. Uh, guest 3739, thank you for this series. It's very interesting. I like the idea of trying to do online pop-up shops, temporary shows. Any ideas here? So let's move with that a little bit because or else I'm not going to do this statement again. Um, so the online gallery is a possibility. Create an online boutique. Now, the, the big mistake we make when we are selling something, and I've seen thousands of times, and I have people that ask for my help many times, and they have a, a cool idea. The product itself is cool. But we, we only talk about the deliverables, right? What it is. So it's made of crystal or it's made of wood. And I work with this type of clay. I use oil and acrylic and it's this big. It's all the deliverables. And really that's not what people buy. I told you yesterday about when we used to speak professionally. And most of the events we spoke, we were supposed to sell a program, right? So usually, for example, in marketing events, you go and you speak for 90 minutes and you sell a program that it's normal that it goes from two to $10,000. So it's not a small sale. And you spend that 30 minutes there. But when, remember yesterday I told you, you actually spend the 30 minutes uh, building credibility. So you show testimonials, uh, you talk what a difference can make, what is going to, to, to happen in their life, who they will become by working with you. And you will spend really five minutes 
If so, telling them exactly what they are going to get. So then you, you might have to say, you're going to have three private sessions with me. We are going to meet once a week by, by phone with the whole group. You can submit questions. You may get this book or this DVD or the CD, whatever it is. That's five minutes of the sale from 30 minutes because people don't buy the deliverables. Right? And they again, they buy how that thing will change them. And that's where you have to focus. So when we put things online, we, we put how, we, you need to put that, how much it weighs, the size of it, and what it's made of. But that's not what's going to make it sell. So if I have an online boutique and I have a cool product, whatever it is, like teddy bears, for example, I'm going to tell uh, that teddy bear, who is that teddy bear? Uh, is it Peter? And he's Peter because he also likes rabbits and he also has a blue coat and he likes to go for, for long walks. A hug with him will make you feel better. Hugging Pete every day makes life just more enjoyable. And plus, it's a cool part of your bedroom. Imagine Pete waiting for you at the end of a very busy day between two cushions, just there, staring at you when you enter your room. You need Pete. Go get Pete right now. The price... What it's made of is secondary. So that's a huge mistake we see online. We go and we talk about the piece, the deliverables all the time. And that's, that doesn't sell. And then you say, but I have a story and it doesn't sell. Well, that might be the problem. And in others uh, where, where the product uh, is supposed to be used in a certain way, you need to tell what happens when you do that. And, and you can do that with anything. Right. So so think about that, the way you position. So an online boutique is another thing. And remember that now, because you probably have friends, there are other friends, you can bring them together in an endeavor like that. So if there is any expense uh, with the shopping cart or something, you can split that. Uh, also, you're, uh, people are going to be more interested because they're going to know people you know and artists like, like you that make other things. And everybody will sell a bit and everybody will be happy, right? You can get like a gallery, you, could, you could get pieces in consignment and you keep a part of that when it sells. So, you know, don't, don't get stuck that you were just you here because you're not and you can create those. We're not going to have summer shows. We are not, maybe not even Christmas shows, who knows? So you could create, recreate those online and think, how can I make this more interesting? And remember that one thing we all want and we want no, now more than ever is engagement. After all, we are alone in our houses. So I wanna talk to people. Uh, I'm a person that I avoid the phone like the plague. I hate to talk on the phone. It's really not my thing. But I have to tell you, sometimes I have to answer the phone because everybody else is busy doing, doing other stuff. And I've been spending a lot more time talking to people because I need to talk to people. I need to see, hey, are you there? You're there. Are you being safe? You're being safe. I'm safe too. I love you. I love you too. Right? We are here in this together. I need that feeling as well. And of course, I also know that people are a lot more anxious right now. And if I can spend a minute more talking to them, I will. I normally, I avoid that because I, I, I'm shy. Believe it or not, I'm very shy. 
So, okay, so think about how you can engage people in these events. Can you have, how can you do that? You say, but they're not here. What do I do? Well, you have all this technology for free, right? Aren't we live on Facebook right now? Facebook allows that. Instagram allows that, right? YouTube, for of course, allows that. You have the softwares like Zoom and, and Skype. You can bring people together today and let them spend time with you as well, right? And then you engage with them. They can, you can do votes. You can have a, um, an award-winning piece where they can vote remotely for, for a piece and then the, the artist gets something. Engage with them. They give them things to do, especially right now. And you're going to see that it's a whole different result than the website that you have there for five years that never sold anything. Um, Guess uh, 3739, thank you for the series, very interesting. I like the idea of trying to do online pop Oh, yeah, I read that. Diana, marketing is not my forte, but I know if I want to buy more supplies and have room for them, I must try, right? Right? And also because you can keep all your pieces, but the, the house gets very crowded. So at some point, you, you might want to, to sell them. Linda Boving, love the idea of an online gallery grant opening. Great way to build curiosity and excitement about what you will be offered. Exactly. Use some time before that to build that momentum. And you can create, there are softwares today that you can do tiny videos that are super easy to use. You can, what's coming next? Watch the best artists in California. And, and just tease them, tease them uh, three days, one week before, put different things. There are softwares, they are very easy to use and they are free. So use them. I, I don't remember which one we used, Animoto used to be a one. They had the, the pictures, they have the videos and you just put them together, write the text and it's done. And there are many others, so Google that and you will find. They are free to use, why not? Maybe they, they keep the brand there if you don't pay, who cares? Create the momentum and, and then people will come. I wanna see, it, it sounds like fun. You know, so let, let's go check. <laughs> Uh, but um, I have to find myself again. Okay, Belarus. People uh, also still purchase for special events that we may not be aware of. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I told you yesterday we made thousands of dollars for a friend of ours, people buying gift certificates for a restaurant that is closed, right? And you may say, that's counterintuitive. No, it's going to open at some point, right? So they are making an investment. They are getting a discount and they are making an investment. Uh, there are many, many uh, things that, special events or things like this, that you can also join them. And, and, and really Facebook is a good place for you to research that kind of thing. Because people are very creative. Like I had a few ideas. I bet people have some awesome ideas that we are going to see. Cheryl, being open and not judging whether they could afford something or not. Yes, yes. Laura, you can drive yourself nuts trying to figure out what others want. <laughs> kind of, right? On the first day, we talked a lot of how people are going to behave and how do they behave. The second thing you should be thinking of is who are they? Who buys from you? And uh, let me, let me. I, I was not going to do this, but this was one exercise we used to do with consulting that every single time people, the jaw would drop because we think we know and we don't. So we would say, okay, let's uh, picture who is your ideal client, right? Yeah, and you've, been, you've seen tons of stuff out there about this, but who is really your ideal client? So uh, first of all, is it a man or a woman? Because usually, well, right now we have 15 type of genders, but usually it's either a male or a female, right? Which one is it? 
So you decide that. How old is this person? Oh, every, every single time I would hear something like this. Oh, she, uh, let's say it's a she. She is, I don't know, uh, between 25 and 45. And I said, well, you know, I, I don't know how you do it, but I can only be one age each year, right? I cannot be 23 and 45, and believe me, I would like either. But uh, which one is it? And then once they decide, it's 45, okay, it's, uh, well, let's say it's 23, and they're trying to sell a product, let's say that is $500 a piece, okay? I would say, okay, so is she married? Is she single? Who is she? Let's, let's say it's married. Okay, uh, does she have kids? Oh, she's pregnant. Oh, she's going to have a baby. Okay. Uh, does she work? Is she an employee? Uh, does she have her own business? Uh, she's an employee. Okay. What about her husband? Oh, yes, he works. How much uh, does he make a year? And then you, you put the, the thing there. Ask her how much she makes a year. Okay. And she has a baby. And then the most important two questions. Okay. Tell me three things that she values okay so for example oh she values freedom adventure and if they're married it's always family okay uh-huh now tell me three things that they fear that one is difficult so what do they fear well, she fears not not being not supporting her family. She fears not traveling and something else. Always three. And then we would stop and analyze. The first thing is, oh, so together her husband and and herself, they make if it is in Utah, let's say if they're doing well, $30,000 a year. They're having a baby. How much do you think the baby spends on, on the first three years? It's over $100,000. Okay. And she, she, she values freedom, adventure, and family. Yes. And, but she's an employee. Yes. Okay. Can I say that there is a basic difference between a person that likes to be employed and a person that likes to be an entrepreneur? What is the main thing? What do you think it is? The main thing is, let's say if I've been working on a bank for 20 years, I value security. I need my paycheck, however my paycheck comes, uh, once a month, twice a month, however it is the, the deal there. Uh, that's, that's a crucial thing between people that like to be an employee and entrepreneurs. They, they like things to be predictable. They want to know the day and how much they are going to get while an entrepreneur is usually more comfortable with risks. So if life goes up and down, they are used to that because that's the nature of whatever they're doing. Business is never constant, right? They're always ups and downs. So this is a crucial difference in, uh, in their personality. So freedom here, I could question that. Is it really what she values the most? Okay, there's room for discussion and you may disagree with me, but that's how the exercise would go. And, and we will go here. So what's the biggest fear then from those three? And, and many times is uh, to, to 
having security because the biggest value is having stability. So many times the biggest fear is change. I hate change. And there are many people, and it's not age-related, that they abhor change. Things need to be as they plan. So we need now to see if they are willing to spend that amount or if they can spend that amount to decide if this is my ideal client or not. Once we get everything making sense, we give that person a name. It needs to have a name and a face. So many, we, we actually had a, a client that she made a pop-up with her ideal client, the picture, and she would leave her in her office to remind her who she was selling to. Okay, it, it is that important. It needs to have a face. It needs to be a person with values and fears behind it. It's not as simple as I sell to women. That's worse because that's not even uh, something that can be measurable, right? You cannot sell to all women, period. So, so it needs to have a face. And if you see this, how important it is, even today on TV, you have some stations that when they, they name how many people died, they show several of them, their faces, if they had a family, if they had babies. Why is this? Because if we just see numbers, we might be very sarcastic and say, ha, this is killing less than the flu. I'm not going to pay attention to that. But if that is Mary and Joe and Pete the bus driver, these are real people. And then we care. And we need people to care to do this, the right thing. It's the same thing here. You need to know who you're selling to. It's specific. And then you're going to say, but wait a minute, Shahar. You're not going to tell me that at Curious Mondo, everybody that, that buys is a woman and he has 40 years old. Of course not. That is my ideal client. And that puts uh, that client in a bracket. So for example, if this example here, 23 year old, I can tell you without knowing who she is and even without knowing her, her fears and values, that she doesn't have much money because it's impossible. Look at this. She's 23. She should be in college, right? Or, or finish some education right, right before the 23. She got married and is pregnant. She's going to need a lot of resources in order to make this young family move forward. So if I'm trying to sell her a luxury pro product, I'm going to have a hard time because she's not ready. And you know, yesterday I told you about YouTube and the millennials. Well, when that was happening, these millennials, they were starting families. Now it's a different situation. They are 30, 34, 35, 36, but they were starting their families. It's a moment that you just don't have disposable income. It's harder. You can sell to them, but it's not that easy. Move ahead to the baby boomer. Well, these are people that even if they are in debt, they, pay, they buy. See, so I need to know where I'm selling. So of course on Curious Mondo, we have our ideal client and we know the age and everything, uh, but we know it's a bracket and we cater very well to that bracket. And so should you. Okay, that was a large detour of what I, I was planning, but it's extremely important because we, we tend to generalize. We say, well, I sell to women or I sell to women and men or is, is, you know, 40 to 60, 40 to 60. 
40 to 60, you still probably have kids at home, right? Uh, uh, you, 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 you probably will be well money wise, but you, you, you divert that because you're saving for, for college for one kid, a kid may be going on a mission and something else. So things are still draining a lot. Uh, if I get, uh, 50 or 55, most likely they're already empty nesters and they are rethinking how they are going to live the rest of their lives because they spent, I don't know, 20 years taking care of kids and their needs and where they needed to go and everything was focused on that side of the family they're all gone now and many times the woman go now what i lost i lost my identity in this process i don't know now who i am and that is when they try to start exploring trying new things trying new crafts and buying things that they that talks to them that's why you have the large community of women only sisters on the fly have over 10,000 of them that they buy a vintage camper they take care of remodeling that by themselves and they go out to the to the boondocks by themselves to find who they are and, and do the things that they enjoy to do when they are with themselves. Different bracket. That is not going to happen with a 20-year-old, right? So you need to know because if you don't know, how do you know they, they will be able or they will be willing to buy what you're selling? Um, also because art in a very young family, can you imagine the kids destroy, they go to this very expensive painting with a Sharpie and do all those things. <laughs> you, you have to think about these things. Um, you can drive yourself, okay, that one I did, uh, but I love the whale, my whale, the humpback whale. That's a needle felted one, thank you. Uh, Cheryl, exchange of energy is a fantastic way to put it. A good way to think of what we are presenting for sale. Sometimes just the conversation is fulfilling, but doesn't pay the bills. But it at least it feels good. And it's part of a process. Not everybody will buy from you the very first time, right? They, they need to be okay with that. Some of them will need to know you and trust you. Some of them will need to fall in love even more with the piece. It's, it's okay if you get, if it's a no at the beginning. Uh, it doesn't mean it's going to be a, a no tomorrow. May, you never know. No, again, you're not judging. So you never know what's going on. At that moment, she may be in love with your sculpture, but maybe somebody in her family is going to medical treatment and they are helping. You don't know. So that she may say no today and tomorrow she comes and things are better and she gets that for, for you. So the, the ongoing conversation is very important because it also keeps you top of mind. Whenever they have a need for what you make, they come to you. If you're out of the picture, like right now, if, you, if you're choosing to stay away from everything because you just don't want to deal with all those things. Well, if that lasts too long, when you come back, it's going to be harder. You're going to be have to expose yourself a lot more in order to get attention again. Um, and I escaped, I escaped. Uh, Kelly, that's why only two hours advertising, bookkeeping, <laughs> records, manage, and the other 22 hours in creating. Oh, then there's sleep that can come out of the managing time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not easy to balance, and that's why a lot of us will never have a business, right? I'm not saying it's a, a piece of cake. I'm, I'm saying it's very doable, but yes, it takes work. Uh, I don't know how many hours we work a week, really. Uh, 
but that's not a, uh, that, well, like right now, I was telling Ashley today, I really hope that tomorrow I can come and quarantine myself for the whole weekend, right? I want to not have to deal with business for three days uh, because I'm tired too and I have emotions too, but uh, you always work more than you would in a normal job. Don't, don't, don't worry about that because, you know, you're, you're really juggling all those balls and, you know, if you're like me that you don't have a lot of coordination, yeah, right? And until you can, you can have help, it might take a while. It doesn't happen immediately. Bella Rose, never create the things you love to collect or you have a hard time parting with it. I often create things with a special person in mind. So far, when they see it, they want it and it's easier to say goodbye to it because it's going to who? It should go. Exactly. I, I, I kind of do that with some of my pieces. Jenny, okay, what is the difference between a website and an online boutique? Well, it doesn't have to have a difference. It can, everything can happen on your website. But you could create an online boutique for one or two days on Facebook and use a page for that. Um, there's nothing that keep you from doing that. The, what I don't, I, I like when you combine both. I don't like when you rely on a social network to do it. Why? For example, if you have a page, right now you have a page, uh, in your profile, I think only 20, uh, it might be wrong right now, but I think it's an average of 20% of the people that you're connected with actually sees your posts. With the page, it's a lot less. The page, I mean, they made changes that are very troubling and most people don't see what you post. And you have, and you need them to like and, and especially comment on whatever you post there. Uh, but you cannot keep begging them for to do that all, every single day, right? It, it, it would be annoying. So for you to be seen, you have to have posts that are being seen a lot. So maybe the other one, uh, they will see too. With the pages, it's quite complicated. Why? Because Facebook wants you to advertise and to spend money. And even though you can do good advertising campaigns on Facebook with not a lot of money, uh, if you don't know what you're doing, you will spend a lot of money. Simple thing is, if you don't know that you have to put a limit per day that you're going to spend, and that is hidden under an arrow, right? If you don't do that, you can spend $1,000 in a day, right? Or you can spend $10. So you need to know what you're doing. And that's a whole other topic. So the page itself is hard. So here is one thing that you can do. For example, right now, there are tons of memes out there about what's going on. And, and some are very, very funny and not offensive at all. So when I find one that I think it's funny, most people will like, I post that. Because those memes, people comment and they share. Share is very, very important for a page. So they share that, right? And if I, if there is one that does well, and every now and then there is one that does really well, well, then I will post something more related to business right after, like an hour or so afterwards. Because then the chance of that post showing up is much larger. They are going to show to more people. But it still is a tiny percentage. So you may have, I don't know, 8,000 people there, and you're lucky if 100 or 200 see that. So it, it's tough. That's why I don't like to focus on social networks of, all alone because they change all the time and they are not seeing what's best for you. They are seeing what's best for their pocket. So I like to combine. But technically I could, what is a boutique? Pieces that you're going to showcase, right? And you can showcase just with text, you can showcase with videos, you can showcase with audio, different ways. You can do that on the website or on the social network. That will get buried and 
it's going to uh, every day is going to be harder and harder to make that pop up you will have to do some extra work but it's possible uh, Cindy I'm ready to buy Pete oh isn't that cute I love that that teddy bear uh, I need, we don't know which one it is, right? But we already love him. Uh, maybe Tammy is watching and she can make Pete. Bella, I need to focus on selling. So far, I've never actually listen, listed anything for sale. I show a picture and people ask to buy. And that is the thing that is happening on social media more and more and more, right? We, we know several people that do that. Karen Baker is one. Uh, I, she has a website that I don't, I don't think she touches that very much, but she posts on social media. When she did um, the magnets, she sold all of the pins, she sold all of them right there. And I know several people that do that. It does work. It can not only be the only thing, because if they change the algorithm again and change something, you might be selling today and not selling tomorrow. So I wouldn't do just that, but it does work. Uh, Bella Rose, my hubby says Shahar just made him want a teddy bear. He's a teddy bear himself. See? So, uh, Kelly, the narrative is the story behind each piece. It is. Some do not need a lot of narrative. The feeling comes through the piece. Exactly. In, in, with art, that happens a lot. Uh, indeed, the description is important, but the meaning of the story of the piece moves the artist and therefore the collector. Yeah, why, why people collect your pieces? As Kelly knows because she, she creates sculptures of babies. Uh, it's because it, it spoke to them in one way or another. And sometimes it's how you display that piece in itself. If you create an environment around the, the fairy or whatever you're doing, uh, that will tell a story. We don't need to be talking all the time in order to tell a story. Actually, we don't need to talk at all. Remember Marcel Marceau with the mimic and he could tell a whole story without <laughs> one word. Uh, you, there are many, many ways, but the story is important. We, we as humans are wired for stories. It's, it's how we learn and we cannot, I, for example, we have a big storytelling festival here every year and I have a friend that invite me every year. I've been going to that festival now, I think for 14 years. I love it. I didn't know that existed for adults. I thought storytelling was something you did with kids and it's not. They're amazing artists that they move you so much like John McCutcheon and, and Carmen Didi. I mean, it's just unbelievable. You get out of a story feeling like another person. It's amazing. And they can, they can talk in one story about a fire truck. They talk about inequality. They talked about being an immigrant and they talk about whatever is the, what they are talking about. Unbelievable how it's, it's powerful. The story is very powerful, but it doesn't have always to be told. There are other ways of telling a story. <laughs> Uh, Bell is saying the one type who generally won't be a client is one who is after bargain basement prices versus handmade quality. However, there may be, it may always be that one piece that grabs their heart and makes them change their mindset. So two things here. How, how late am I? I'm late. Here we go with the artist site. But again, tomorrow. Uh, Price is the easiest excuse. We we never say uh, it's too, too price or too expensive because that's the reality. It's very rare. It's the easy way out. 
we know that if we say, I don't have money for that right now, is my easy way out of the situation. And because we, we don't like to be sold, and maybe the way you are approaching is not the perfect one, we, it's easy to get out. It's easy to say it's expensive, I don't have the money. It's rarely the reason. So when I was training sales forces in, in different industries, it, it was like I really spoke from the south of Brazil to the north of Brazil. It's so all kinds of environments, uh, including some that they would, uh, is Brazil, you, you, were, you were not allowed to, to have guns, right? Uh, and they would come with theirs. So all kinds of environment, and usually male environment, which put this 20 years ago, not easy for a woman to be there. Uh, and you have to control the crowd. But you ask a sales force of any type, what's the one problem with this product or with the company? And the number one reason is always price. Because in their mindset, they think if the price was lower, I would be selling more. And that is never the reason, never. Price is very subjective. Uh, if you know how to, to create desire, people will pay whatever, right? If it's a rational passion, they will pay. So never, never, never the reason. And for me to prove to them would really take an hour uh, to, uh, talking to them and showing them how doing things in a different way, price was never the real reason. It's the easy excuse. But you do have people that feel entitled to have everything without giving anything. And, you know, it's very easy to look at social media and say, oh, the millennials are entitled. I have to tell you, baby boomers are quite entitled too. And sometimes it's jaw dropping. It doesn't matter what you give them, they think they deserve more. And some, you have to be in control of your business and sometimes without being rude or anything, you have to tell them the reality that you know, in order for me to give you value, you will have to give me some value back. That is the relationship here, right? Uh, it's important for you to educate your audience on how to work with you in your, in your terms without being rude, without being nasty, but it needs to, to be in place because or, or else, like we say in Brazil, you give them a hand, they want the arm. It's not everybody, some specific people, but it's not generation related. We live in a society that empowers entitlement. So we, we have to be careful with that and know how to deal with that. But if it's just, oh, it's too expensive for me or I don't have money for that, that's the, they are trying a way out and that's all it is. It's not the price that you put in, believe me. And it's okay not to agree with me too. Um, Cass, a lot of women fear giving themselves the permission to spend on themselves. Like they are not as important as other things the family needs. That's that's how we were raised, right? And you, you find that a lot. You find that a lot. Uh, if, uh, women, and I, I, I have a friend, for example, that she's like, I'm, I'm the little mouse in the house. You know, I'm not important. Nobody pays attention to what I say. I cannot give my opinion. I can't take this anymore. Right? But they put themselves in that situation. And if you see one of those, start saying them, you're not, you're fooling yourself. You're not that person. Okay, let's, let's dig that strength out of you a little bit and let's see everything that you do to keep this family together, right? And I see and I see and I hear many times now that they have to be the person that is balanced right now because if they are not, the whole family will fall apart because they are having a hard time dealing with the situation. I, I've heard that more than once, right? If I break, they break. So therefore I cannot break. 
you can break. Uh, vulnerability is also important in a relationship and there's nobody better than Brene Brown to tell you about that uh, uh, vulnerability is not a weakness we are humans and there are days that we are not centered and there are days that we are going to lose our cool and the family will have to learn also to deal with that I know people take a diversity in different, in different ways and we have to be careful but we also need to say hey I cannot be the hero all the time the hero also needs to take the cape out, the shoes out, and go cry in the corner every now and then because the hero is human, right? But you're right. Many, many women never spend a dime on themselves because they think they need only to give. And, and that's a cultural thing. And if you're close to one, you can show them that they also need to reward themselves for whom they are. And maybe buy just a nice bag once in a while. There's no problem there. Uh, I think the seminar needs to go on for another week. We are going to fall apart if we do that. <laughs> really. National and I, we wake up five in the morning every single day. And we start, we go take a shower. She takes a shower. I take a shower. We start working about six o'clock. And then at eight o'clock, we are at the studio. And believe me, working with a lot of young people is not that easy. Uh, so we, we work and we work. And every day there are news. And every day there are different things. And we are trying all these new things right now. That It, it is tough for us. Even everybody there is tacky you know there are some softers that you say how on earth do we work with this so when we get here we are like oh my gosh we really have to go live are you sure so not now at least um beautiful radio thank, thank you love how the art back there changes each night didn't know he was felt it very cool yes i felt it it's all needle felt and it, I, I love humpback whales and they are an endangered species okay so what i was going to say here blah, blah, blah. i don't know shahar artist statement i know let's go really fast and then tomorrow we go deeper on this so we we can do that um so the artist statement, let's do this so i took a course on this with judy wellesley Elsley, and she's fantastic she's phenomenal and she has a an interview on creativityfocus.com and you can go there and check. She's, she's a very wise woman. And so she gave this course for a, uh, a group of people we know. And I, it was jaw dropping because for me, I couldn't, I couldn't care less about the artist statement, really. You ask me to uh, give a bio, to give a course or something, I go, oh, you have to write a bio again. But she, sh she opened my eyes on how important this was. And she has a process to, for you to get that. And I did invite her actually to give a course on this. But she's a firm believer that this wouldn't translate well in a known present environment. So she, she doesn't want to take away of what she does in the process there face to face with people. So we'll have to wait for another opportunity to, to go through every single step. But I, I want to read mine and tomorrow I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about how uh, I structure this without uh, showing, showing her process. Just a few questions that I asked myself in the process while I was trying to create. So this is this is my and and you may you may think it's not the best but maybe tomorrow when we dive into the why you understand why is this important so my my statement so if you go to curious mondo my profile page there as an instructor this is what you will find i sculpt animals i mango and twist wool i wet i poke take the air out to force the fiber to connect to itself and turn it into sculptures of lively animals. 
I often focus on species that are disappearing. I start with wool, but textiles and embroidery are frequently part of the finished piece. I start by choosing the animal I want to sculpt and the story it needs to tell. Then I look for the colors of wool I will need. The technique is called needle felting and it asks for bats of wool because it felts faster. Then a barred needle, a piece of foam, sometimes some wire, and I'm ready to start poking the fiber and take it on its new journey. This is my way of telling to the world that all life forms matter and should be honored and to try to reconnect people with nature. Making is part of my daily activities. Since I've arrived in Utah in 2004, I've been leaning, I, I've been learning to tell fiber stories in different ways and becoming more courageous to experiment and incorporate new materials. I've published three books, have participated in several exhibits, and am the owner of Curious Mondo, a company focused on teaching art and resourcefulness to people. My bios before were, uh, you know, I'm a fiber artist, I like, I like felting, and I'm 50-some years old, and things like that. It was very different than this. And I think this translates what I do and who I am a lot better. So what I'm going to do tomorrow is put some questions so you could create yours as well. Again, without going through through her process in itself, because you know she would like at some point to have you in person uh, learning this with her. Okay, just a few final comments. Shahar, you national and all curious Mondo need to use Kelly Beckett's word because she said it's said it best. Wear many hats, wear many hearts. That's beautiful. Wear many hats, warm many hearts. That is so true of Curious Mondo. Thanks, Curious Mondo and Kelly. People, uh, Judy is saying, people, uh, not ma no matter how much they spend, need to feel good about the purchase. Oh, yes. That reminds me that tomorrow I'm going to talk about the, how do you say that, Nash? Um, when, the, when the person tries to, to give it back. There's a term for that. I want to talk because that's an easy one to overcome. Um, Brie, buyer's remorse. buyer's remorse, that's it, buyer's remorse, that exists, that, that is a thing, and we can talk about that tomorrow as well, buyer's remorse, okay, uh, that's why we have families to support each other when we need it, yes, and Nancy said she loves it, Bella Rose states the, your essence beautifully, Shahar, thank you, because it, it, it is hard. It didn't happen in, in 15 minutes. Uh, you, again, it, 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 there is a touch of vulnerability when you say that you try to express who you are inside, right? It's very easy to see the outside and judge. But, you know, I, and I lived my life, my whole life thinking I am this short, chubby woman, right? From a third world country. And it looked like there was no place for me for a very long time. It took, it took ups and downs really to show me that I could. It was not an easy process, uh, that I could. And I could, you know, I, I want when I'm gone to say, we miss her because she made a difference here. And I know it's just a tiny drop of water in a world of beautiful people, but it's important that I believe in myself because if I didn't, then how could I help other people? And before, when I was young, I couldn't care less about helping other people. That was not on top of my mind. But I think the, the life in itself showed me that there is, there is more than me here. And there, there, there are things that matter 
a lot because they will stay when I'm gone. And I rather fight for those things. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that growing up and going through life made me a better person. And I know even this moment will make us all better people. I hope so. Because, you know, we are going, we, we, we are all going separate through a difficult time but we know everybody else is going through something similar and in this case all around the world so i hope we use the time that we may think we we are getting extra time there is no extra time because it's not a renewable resource but with the time we have available right now the part of that time we keep thinking how we could be better as human beings and how we could be impacting better because that's that's time well spent and i think we do that and of course also take some time maybe you go to bed today and you cannot sleep right away take some time how you could do things different uh, bring bring more money if that that's needed how could you maybe even reinvent something in order to make it make the process easier again i hope you embrace the idea of you can be creative and you can also have a business or or a, a side hustle or, or, you know, make some money f just for some time, but you can do it the right way because it can be fun. It can be fun. It's just the beginning of anything. I get the wool and start, I'm going to make a whale. You know, the, the, the first things that come out of that, they're horrible, right? The beginning of anything is difficult and it usually looks ugly, right? That's how it is. And then it becomes a piece of art. With marketing and business, it's not different. It's just when we again in touch with that, oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, that sounds hard. Oh, I have to talk to people. So that beginning is hard, but once you start doing it, it becomes part of the process. And then it's not a, a sacrifice anymore. It can even be very pleasurable. Okay, so I went over time again. I'm doing really good in that arena. Tomorrow we are going to talk about some pieces, the buyer remorse, and then I'm going to talk about the structure of the, the my artist statement, okay? I hope you have enjoyed. Again, this is stay open as all the other ones, so you're free to share. We didn't show anything, so you could share everywhere. And I'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you so much.